There's those among us who would like to push themselves beyond any level that uh, the rest of us could even imagine or would perhaps want to imagine. Every year, competitors from over 20 countries compete in one of the most gruelling endurance events in the world. The Four Desert Race is a 250-kilometre foot race across four of the most unforgiving landscapes on the planet It includes the Sahara, the Gobi Desert, Antarctica. And every year there's a fifth location chosen just for that year. And this year that location is in the Kimberley in Western Australia. Perth man Tim Brown plans to compete in that race. And he joins us now to tell us about it. Hi, Tim. Hi, Gillian. How are you? Fantastic to have you in the studio. You are looking very buff. I'm feeling a bit fitter than I used to be. But still, I'm not quite sure if I'm fit enough, but we'll find out shortly, I suppose. Well, tell us to start with what the Four Desert Race is all about. Um, It's a series organised by a lady in the US. Um, It's run on, uh, as you were saying before, uh, in the Gobi Desert, in the Sahara Desert, the Atacoma in South America, and the Antarctica every year. Pretty unforgiving kind of landscapes. Yeah, absolutely. I think they pride themselves on trying to find locations that are really as harsh as they can possibly find. Um, And they've just started, I think, in the last three years, introducing kind of like their novelty event. So they did Vietnam a couple of years ago. I think uh, the Nambia Desert in last year, in 2009, and this year's Australia. And next year, I think, is Nepal. So they're... um, The easy ones. Yeah, I don't know. We'll soon find out, I suppose. <laughs> so what do people do when they when they compete in these these sort of races? Well, it's basically designed as a um as a 6-day or 7 7 day race. You're basically running for six and a half days. So they structure it so that each stage is about um 40 kilometers. So your first day might be 40 kilometers, second day 40, third day 40. Fourth day can vary up or down a little bit, but then they do um basically one long day, which is a 100-kilometre day. So they, no matter where you've gone, what you've covered so far, they squeeze in a 100K day so that it takes people kind of roughly 18 to 24 hours. And then the next day after that, you finish with a little kind of 12K run to finish. I I can't imagine how difficult that would be if I had to do a 100K run here in Perth on the flattest ground yeah. round Rotnest. Yeah. These are really harsh climates. Yeah. And I think it's I think everyone, unless you've done one before, everyone's in the same boat. They're all thinking, Okay, I've run a half marathon, I've maybe done a marathon and you know that hurt a bit, but I went home and slept in my bed afterwards. But what happens when I've got to do it again tomorrow and the day after and the day after that? So and then the hundred K day, no one knows how to do that. So you just really gotta Wait until you get there, have a crack. Hopefully, don't go too fast. <laughs> hope Hopefully, get die. to the end. Hopefully, don't die. You know all those all those key sort of ingredients. So, what do you have to do? You, what do you do? Sort of in between. Say you do make it through the hundred kilometres, yeah. and we're all going for you, Tim. <laughs> but what do you do? To. Do you just you just camp out? Do you? Yeah. So you basically camp each night. So it's completely. Well, it's not completely unsupported. Um, there is full sort of medical staff. There's people at every checkpoint every 10 kilometres to give you water. So basically what they provide you with is a tent every night and water every 10 kilometres. So it's, it's pretty much unsupported. You're carrying all your food for the, um, the six days, six and a half days, all your clothes, all your sleeping equipment except for your tent, 
So it's really a challenge of trying to get the most amount of food into your pack and the most amount of clothes without taking too much. And it's all those sorts of things. So it's pretty much unsupported. But so you're on your own once you once you yeah, start unless you stages. get really into trouble. And how do they arrange it so that they don't have people dropping like flies and they're having to scoot them up? Do you have to sort of pass a fitness test? Or? Yeah. Oh, look, you do a medical on. Uh, we're doing a medical this Saturday. You've had to fill in a lot of paperwork before it just to make sure people are training. I think it's one of those things that no one would really have a go at unless they're. It's not like you can go and do a half marathon and you can just have a bit of a crack at it and if it doesn't work then you just walk but this is there's you know there's no there's no real way out at any stage uh, you can pull out at the end of a stage you can pack it up halfway through a day if you just can't get there but I think most of the people I've spoken to have trained for months maybe a year plus and they're all you know they all want to get there one way or the other. I'm talking to Tim Brown, who's going to compete in the Four Desert Race, which is an incredibly gruelling endurance foot race. And this year, one of the stages is going to be held in the Kimberley. So what do you know about that? Um, so far, I haven't, I've spent a bit of time up north, but not a lot around the Kimberleys in that sort of northern region. Um, last time I was up there, I was on a fishing trip, which was very much more relaxing on the back of a boat. But uh, from what I can see so far, it's looking like it's going to be sort of minimum 20 degrees at night, maximum of about 38-ish uh, during the day. Um, shouldn't get much hotter than 38, but it's they've had a really late wet season. So from what I'm hearing from the guys up in Kununurra, there's lots of water around, which is good and bad. It's going to be great to stop uh, Camp 2, I think, by a river. So it's going to be beautiful to stop at the end of the day, have a wash, get clean, you know, feel good, feel normal again before the next day. But it's going to mean getting being much more humid and probably getting wet shoes and things like that. And it's one of those things that your feet really are everything. If you get blisters, you're in a world of hurt for the next 200 kilometres or however long it takes. So, Have you had to, with the, the news of that wet season, have you had to unpack your bag, which I imagine you've packed several and unpacked several times yeah, already and change times. the stuff you take? What sort of stuff do you have to take with something like this? I don't know whether you can do much different. Uh, they give you a mandatory supply and equipment list that you have to carry so everyone's really on equal footing everybody has a list of about 50 items they have to take and that covers all these scenarios so if it happens to bucket down with rain one night they know that everybody on that list has a spray jacket they provide a tent water on the ground you can't do much about um, the amount of pairs of socks you take might help because you might be able to change your socks to something dry and not get more blisters but at the end of the day there's not much more you can do and that's probably the only thing that I really haven't thought about until the last few days. And it suddenly dawned on me, if it's really wet up there, it's going to make it interesting. I was just reading an article today, which they just released a couple of days ago, and they have started to change the course a little bit because there's too much water. Ah, um, so it could be a real problem. Yeah, there was already a couple of stages where you had to swim through anyway. So there's a cup, one of the items you needed was a dry bag. So you take off your backpack and put it into a dry bag and swim about 300 metres through a gorge and then hop out of the gorge, put your clothes and everything back on and keep running. So there are a couple of stages that were swim-throughs anyway, but I think now there's going to be a whole lot more water going on. A lot more people walk around with wet shoes, I'd say. So you've, um, you've added, a few, added a few laps to your training I session think, before, so. you, uh, before you get going. Do they tell but, you much about the actual uh, course 
that you'll do? You're shaking mm. your head and looking no, frightened. nothing. <laughs> we really don't know. We know that it starts roughly around, uh, I think it's a place called Doondoon out of Kununurra. And I know it finishes at El Questro, which everybody is just looking forward to getting to, I'm sure. And in between, there's 250 k's, but really where it covers, we don't really know. So we know the rough makeup of the race because that's how they always run them. But we look, we know it goes through the mini bungle bungles. We know it goes through Emma Gorge. We know it goes up. There's a big salt lake that goes right up near Wyndham. So I know we're walking the 100k day is virtually walking right up to Wyndham and back down to nearly El Questro. So we sort of know some of the areas we're covering, but there's lots we don't. So it's just to find out on the morning. Fantastic. Sounds like fun. Yeah. If only I, I wasn't busy here at work, I'd join you. <laughs> Lovely to says. talk to you about that, Tim. And we'd um, we'd love an update if you get a chance when you're out in the desert and you can send home a carrier pigeon or whatever it is you yeah. do. They're actually um, they've got really good technology for it. So they've actually they're on their website you can go to Racing the Planets Australia, and they have computers out there in tents every night for emailing competitor. Uh, they upload all of the little YouTube footage during the day. They put photos up every day. So they really keep everybody in the world because there's 35 countries there really up to date with what's going on. So it's pretty good as far as a family event goes. My wife's not that happy with it, but as far as a family event goes, at least she knows where I'll be. Do you know how many people were competing from Perth or from WA? No, I haven't been able to find out. I know there's 66 Australians out of the 200 that are competing. But I don't know how many from WA. I sort of, I myself know probably six guys. Um, there's a group, of, a whole family called the Prendivals. They are racing. They've done it before, which is where I got the idea to do it in the first place. Any women? Um, yes, I think there's about forty odd girls doing it. Um, I know in the Prendival group, one of the uh, one of the sons' uh, girlfriends actually doing it as well. So, and it's a range in ages from 65 down to about 20. The youngest competitor is actually um, my doctor's son, Christian. So he's 20 and he's going to be the youngest guy to ever have a crack at it. So, Sounds absolutely brilliant. Can't wait to hear how yeah. you go. Will you come back in and let us know when you're finished? Sure. When I can walk, I'll come back in. <laughs> you hobble in. <laughs> we'll, we'll, up the stairs. we'll get uh, Russell Wolf to give you a piggyback up the stairs. <laughs> That'd be good.